Great. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I love your bandana, by the way. Oh, thank you. Awesome. All right. It's, it's, it's not a fashion choice. It's a concession to my COVID hair. I haven't had a haircut in a year. <laughs> Understandable. Um, all right. So uh, I'm going to start now and act all professional. All right. Um, hey, welcome back to 102.9 FM WLAS LP Newton. I'm Taylor. I'm usually uh, doing my show, Real Talk Radio, but today I'm here talking with Roy DeLasno and Phil Robertson, uh, Robinson, excuse me, about uh, their music and their life. Um, first off, how are you guys doing today? Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty well. It's a beautiful day up here in the Boston area. Assume same for you guys. I'm doing well, Taylor. Thank you. We're, uh, we're in the middle of a, a bitter, cold winter here in New York, but I imagine it's probably worse for you up up near Boston. Yeah, we've been getting some snow in the last few days. Same? A little bit. <laughs> uh, man, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, so um, uh, you guys just came out uh, this year, uh, or I guess in 2020, with your uh, your collaborated single, Happy. Um, right. Was that the first time you guys uh, worked together at all? It's, it's the on first a, time on a release track, yeah. Yeah, Rory okay. and I have been guesting in each other's shows and live performances for a year or two, um, and, and that led to us releasing this song together. That's awesome. And what was the inspiration behind this particular song? that was coming to an end a few years back and uh, just sort of coming to terms with the new dynamic with the former lover. That's cool. And um, yeah, th- th- this song, it's, it's 100% Rory's. He, ha- he had written it and it was in his repertoire for a while before I ever actually met Rory. It was, it was my favorite song of his to just watch his performances. And somewhere along the line... Um, we were. I was guesting at one of his shows, and he invited me to sit in on harmonica. So I, I developed this harmonica solo for the song, which just worked really well. So that kind of became the new official way that the song uh, goes now. So that's really cool. So Rory, had you uh, recorded it beforehand, or was this the first time? No, this was the first time. It was one of those ones, as Phil said, that uh, people have gotten to know. Uh, people that have come to my live shows have gotten to know, but um, just hadn't pinned down an arrangement. And uh, so I'd been meaning to do it, and then it just sort of happened serendipitously once Phil came into the fold. That's cool. The Phil, the harmonica is such a unique instrument, and you don't really hear it a lot nowadays used anymore. Obviously, you had like Bob Dylan, Tom Petty back in the day, but um, <laughs> when did you begin to pick up that instrument? You know, I, I played in college, and I, I, I picked it up for the reasons you state, because it is so rare. Because my thinking was that there are a million singers, there are a million guitarists. Uh, I was not likely to distinguish myself among thousands of competitors. (laughs) Not, Not that other musicians are competitors, but I figured if I learned harmonica, then that would really immediately give me an advantage in terms of sticking out from the fold. And uh, it's, it's worked out extremely well in that regard. It's almost my harmonica playing has become my trademark. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess individually for you guys, what uh, inspired both of you to join the music industry? Uh, so for me, 
I was just around music as a little kid uh, so much. My father played guitar, and um, I started playing guitar when I was really young because he would play for me. And it just became sort of my, just the thing that I most closely aligned with as a kid. And so it just sort of snowballed over time where it became a thing that I would do every day when other, when other kids are playing baseball and, and football. And now I kind of wish I did that because there's more money in that. But, <laughs> you know, uh, other kids were out playing and I was working on writing songs like a, like a weirdo. So uh, that's sort of how that came about. Just sort of my parents turning me onto it when I was a little kid. And, and very similar for me, music is by far my favorite thing. It's always been my favorite thing. I, I was a music fan for many years before I. it was like a very big, ambitious dream to dare dream that I could one day myself be a musician. So just on the receiving end of music, it, it was always magic and inspirational. Um, and... Um, a resource, like a true psychological resource in my life. As a young person, I would have my psychological and emotional troubles, and uh, music provided not just a form of escape, but almost, um, you know, almost like hints and clues uh, of how to live or feeling connected to a larger community or telling me of ideas that were beyond what I would have on my own. So it was this tremendous resource. And over the years, I just gradually came to see more and more that I could be on the other side of it as well. I could produce music that would be that useful to other people as it had been for me. Yeah, I, I know. I've, I've done music in my life, too. I, I'm in a little rock band back home. Um, but uh, singing, I, I'm a singer, but singing and playing that music is such an emotional release and uh, just brings so much joy, you know? It's such a like a dopamine uh, rush to the head, um, which is such a natural yeah. natural great high. Were there, were there musicians uh, that you guys, um, or who really inspired you back in the day uh, to love music? Phil, so you can go ahead with this one first. Um, well, I'd say, you'll laugh at me, I grew up in New Jersey, so... Bruce Springsteen, he's he's the biggest head on my Mount Rushmore. Um, apart from Bruce Springsteen, I'd say those kinds of singer-songwriters that are just being very genuine in conveying their message through their thoughtful lyrics. So people like Cat Stevens, also the Indigo Girls, um, they're my biggest influences. Yeah, and for me, um, I grew up on the Beatles, the Everly Brothers, a lot of older music. I used to think that I was born into the wrong generation, but then around, I guess, when uh, pop punk and emo started gaining popularity, I fell into that uh, that trap and became a big Fall Out Boy fan, <laughs> Paramore, and now I've come to embrace it, but at the time, I, was, I think uh, a lot of people were like, oh, you used to like the good music, and now you like all that silly pop punk and emo stuff, but yeah, I, I love it all now, but uh, yeah, I would say my biggest influences in terms of uh, styles that I try to emulate, um, Jimmy World, Paramore, Take Mech Sunday, things like that. Yeah, I definitely caught some of that, I guess, earlier 2000s stuff in, in your in your style, I think, a little bit. Um, but the old, I also think I was born into the wrong generation. I grew up listening to Beatles, uh, Beach Boys, Led Zeppelin, um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm a, I am a big uh, Bruce Springsteen fan myself, so I would never think that's silly. 
Um, I like um, I like another uh, another um, guy from your neck of the woods, Billy Joel. Um, <laughs> so so that that kind of uh, 60s, 70s, 80s rock is is uh, what I love. But um, yeah, you're the, the go ahead. Good stuff, you know. Good music never goes stale. It could, it could find, you know, a fresh audience among the younger generations year after year. Yeah, but the, so the song "Happy" is it's, uh, it's not as like poppy as pop gets now. It seems kind of, um, uh, it seems more. Would you consider it more of a folk song? Yeah, yeah. I, I would say kind of folk singer songwriter is the the genre that we kind of leaned into for that one. Yeah, I love the harmonies. And then obviously when you put harmonica in a song, it's like it automatically puts folk in that category. Another one, James Taylor. Yeah. Uh, James Taylor was a huge influence on me as well. Um, oh, which yeah. which uh, uh, your guys' voice are soft and soft like that. Well, I, I respect James Taylor tremendously. His music is it's very mellow and it lacks an edge that I crave. Yeah. You know? So... Um, and and ju- just for clarity, because a lot of people see my name on the track and they assume that I'm the one who is harmonizing with Rory on the recording. That's not the case. You're hearing two, and in sometimes, in some cases, three Rory's harmonizing with himself on all of the vocals on Happy. And uh, my, my con- the extent of my contribution is um, the harmonica playing. So. So got to give credit to Rory for the great harmonies. Well, that's that's the the um, how wonderful technology is nowadays. Uh, my friend and I were recording a song uh, a month ago, and I recorded for 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 harmonies for for the uh, for awesome. the chorus, uh, which is it's fun. Yeah. And and when you do do it uh, with just harmonizing with yourself, it's so together because you just sound the same as yourself. <laughs> so it all yeah. sounds uh, really cohesive, which is cool. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, what do you think the hardest part for each of you has been completing an album? Um, well, I guess for me, since this, this one was kind of a standalone single, but it's going to be included on in an upcoming EP. Uh, for me, the trickiest part was trying to make it all kind of sound cohesive because a lot of the songs that are going to be released uh, to complete the EP are a bit more... Um, Jimmy Eat World. Uh, one of the songs I kind of think reminds me of like All Time Low a little bit, uh, or um, Blink-182, you know, sort of more pop-punk influences and uh, alternative rock. So just trying to get all those things to meld together. Um, I, I'd say there are a couple of challenges for me. I, I guess one, the, the logistical challenge is I, I have a, you know, you could take the same song, a, a songwriter writes a song and you could give that song to 15 different producers or recording engineers or artists to record and they'll come up with 15 very different finished recordings so even beyond the songwriting there are a million big and little decisions that need to be made in terms of arrangement and instrumentation and how produced you want it to sound and not only your taste, but how you are going to achieve those effects. So it's a tremendous amount of work, and that, that's a whole art and discipline unto itself, which you don't really think about when you're just songwriting or performing. So that, that's been challenging. Um, beyond that, I'd say my biggest challenge is really just my getting out of my own psychological headspace. You know, there's a lot of fear 
associated with it. When you're writing a song or you have a recording in your head and you haven't released it yet, it's still perfect. You're like, oh, when I record this, it's going to sound great. I'm going to get these kinds of backup vocals and I'll have the drummer do this. And then you listen to the recording and it almost never lives up to what you had hoped for. Yeah. You know, so you, you kind of have to come to peace with it. And then once you put it out into the world, it's kind of done. Like you can't improve it. It's, <laughs> it's, there's the thing, the vision in your head, and then there's the stark reality that's out there for other people to listen to. And, and that's a challenge for me is like kind of like that, that letting go and uh, being like, this is done. I'm happy. My name's on it. It's out in the world. Um, that's the hardest challenge for me. Personally. Has and, and I know um, Happy was mostly uh, Rory's song, but has uh, working together um, uh, and kind of combining your two musical brains on a song like that, does that um, help uh, the production of it? And would I guess how would you say um, working together would differ from working by yourself? You take this one, Rory. <laughs> well, it's a miracle that Phil is still alive. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. uh, inevitably, inevitably, I think that, like you said, there there are positives and negatives. So the positives are definitely that we come from uh, two different orientations. I mean, we both like Bruce Springsteen. At least at this point, I've come come around, and now I'm kind of a Bruce guy. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, you get different perspectives. But of course, the flip side of that is always you may have different opinions about the direction that things should go. Uh, you know, in our, in our situation specifically, we were able to work through all of it and and, and stay uh, arrive at a common consensus about the way things should go. But I could definitely see that, generally speaking, be being a creative challenge to try to meld together two different perspectives. Yeah, um, it, yeah, it, 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 it's hard work. It's like it's like any relationship. Um, you know, the song is different than what it would have been had I done it by myself or had Rory done it by himself. And we actually, I think, we disagreed on almost every big and little decision from the beginning, from, you know, how the song should go, what kind of production, instrumentation, mixing, effect on the voice, effect on the harmonica, the, the font of the logo used in the, you know, in the cover image um i think that was the worst one to be honest <laughs> that was the thing our most revisions of the, the cover art yeah so every 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 decision was uh was a, a discussion and a compromise but in, inevitably i think it it came out to be better you, you know through that creative friction and that creative tension it, it could be a little bit unpleasant um, standing your ground respectfully in a, in a discussion with someone when you're, you disagree passionately, but ultimately it's kind of always worth it because what you come up with at the end is, is better than what either of you would have come up with on your own. So how did you uh, resolve these disagreements in the studio? Uh, my fists. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, well, the, the thing about Phil and I is that it's funny because we're both like creatives, so to speak, but we're both also very um, detail oriented and like very structured in the way that we handle things. So I think we just kind of like parse things out piece by piece and said, all right, well, these are our options. What do we think? And just sort of methodically work through. At least that's my, that was my impression. I mean, <laughs> there were only three different instances where one of us got fed up, hung up the phone, and was like, that's it. We're not releasing this. <laughs> that never happened. <laughs> that, that only happened three times. Um, <laughs> yeah, but on, on the flip side, 
advantages of doing a collaboration is, um, you know, most most musicians I know, myself, and I think Rory included, um, we're of two minds when it comes to self-promotion. Obviously, we're excited to get our, our music into the world, but it could be uncomfortable promoting yourself. Hey, everyone, check out my new song. Hey, everybody, go to Spotify. Hey, everybody, subscribe. You know, it, it's uncomfortable to, to try to ask people's attention so, so much. But when there's somebody else involved in the endeavor, it's a little bit easier to say, hey, everyone, check out this song I did with my good friend Rory. Or, hey, everybody, isn't this a, a fantastic song that Rory wrote? And when when you have a collaboration and there's an, another person you could sort of support, it, it's, it's much more comfortable and easy to sort of, um, you know, bring attention to it without feeling like you're so self-aggrandizing. Great word. Yeah. <laughs> uh so uh speaking of promotion um how uh how has it been promoting this song and promoting your solo works obviously I, I saw you guys each have a fair amount of like spotify followers um just as one example but uh how do you get that promotion without seeming too um needy or uh and, and just get people to start to follow you and realize your music is kind of cool Phil, that it's easier when you have somebody else on your team to kind of help cheerlead. Um, but in general, yeah, it is a, it is a struggle, and it's just I, I think the most important thing is just trying to remain authentic. I mean, at the end of the day, I think people can kind of sense when you're full of crap, um, or when you're being insincere or too, uh, you know, uh, egotistical. So yeah. yeah, I mean, my my general my general uh, approach is to just try to be myself and just try to, you know, be, be excited about a thing that I'm sure most people would be excited about if they were uh, in that position, but it definitely helps to have someone else on board. Yeah. Um, I definitely need to echo what Rory just said. Just, just being a high quality human being, you know, like in, in any context, whether you're on stage talking to 200 people or you're in a one-on-one -on -one conversation or someone comes up to you after a show and they say that they really enjoyed a particular song is, you know, to just be, remain perpetually humble and appreciative and thoughtful and always remember that, um, you know, you're, you're talking to another human being, you know, and you're a human being. We're all in the same playing field. In, in terms of all the online stuff, I've really learned a lot from Rory. He's very good at, um, like all of Rory's social media posts, they're very personal and intimate. It's, it's not like a, a post by Rory is not like an advertisement, like, hey, everyone, check out my new song and go follow me on Spotify. He would never say it like that he would always just um share as if you're his friend hey i'm really excited about this new song and like i was visiting my father yesterday and we talked about cats and there's a cute picture of Rory with the cat and like you said everything is just genuine and authentic so anytime you you spend interacting with rory in any uh on any platform you're just like hanging out with a friend and it becomes natural that like you're curious to follow his journey and see what his latest development is yeah Thanks, yeah definitely um uh so what would you say your dream tour lineup would be i love i love to i love to ask this question in every interview with a musician because they always have different answers what would your dream tour lineup, tour lineup where we would 
no, or we would no, you would, you would, you would be on the tour. You could, you could either headline or open. Phil, do you want to go first? I have to think about this one. Rolling Thunder review, and it was basically Bob Dylan and all of his musician friends uh, were just invited to go on on tour together, and they would go from town to town, and you know, they'd take turns doing songs. So, um, here in New York City, where I live, I'm, I'm part of a record label, Roomful of Sky Records, and it's I've been here for 15 years. I have this whole wonderful scene in myself and Rory and 10 to 15 other solo artists and bands and we share shows together all the time so I'd love to just take this whole scene and do like a room full of sky records review go from town to town and then um because this is my dream tour I would have um I would have I would have Bruce Springsteen and let him headline you know, he could take up the bulk of the show and just give the rest of us like one song each at the beginning of the, <laughs> at the show. And, and then let me sit in on harmonica for like the river and promised land during the encores. That sounds that, pretty awesome. That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> Rory? Boy, I, I thoroughly regret letting Phil go first because that was such a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to be like, man, I really like uh, Taking Back Sunday. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess, yeah, I, I would. I, I, if I had to pick like one major artist that could be headlining if it weren't me, uh, it would be maybe like somebody like Phoebe Bridgers or, um, you know, so somebody that's really. Uh, thought-provoking kind of singer-songwriter stuff because as much as i love that loud rock um the stuff i'm about to put out and the stuff that I, is my primary focus right now like happy um it's probably a little bit more uh evocative and intimate uh but yeah i would I, i'm a big fan of and I, i'm not just saying this but i think people that know me would probably agree i'm a big fan of hyping up my friends because i feel like the only reason that i'm even here is because a lot of my friends have been supportive and inspiring so i would love to do something where i include everybody uh except for phil because phil's a jackass for a better answer. um but can i say that well i've said it now <laughs> no but yeah get, get, get my buddies and get some like really hip uh evocative intimate whispery singer to, to headline i <laughs> <laughs> uh, care for a rebuttal phil <laughs> I know you were you were mentioning online um, as uh, as uh, with promotion and stuff, but over the past year, have you guys done any online shows uh, over Zoom or anything uh, promoting this song, or uh, either by yourself or or together? Uh, yeah, sure. So um, I've been running a showcase called the Songwriter Showcase, where I host three or four musicians. From, it's been around the world actually at this point since basically the beginning of the pandemic in April. Um, we've had people from all over the world. We've had people who are, in my opinion, 
way out of my league, but for some reason they've agreed to come on, so I'm not going to ask any questions. Um, and that's just been a fun way where I play like a couple songs, and then I have guests on. Uh, and just, just in addition, I've, I've done like a few small things here and there. And then one of the most prominent things that I did is I was part of a, a live stream benefit that Phil Robinson. I don't know why I'm calling you Phil Robinson. Phil over here that's also in this conversation put on uh, to benefit The Bitter End, which is a really cool uh, venue in New York City that's been around for a million years. Bob Dylan and James Taylor actually played there uh, at the beginning. And um, and we raised money to, to help preventing them, help prevent them from having to shutter their doors due to you know COVID and everything. Right. So that was, a, that was a real highlight. That's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah I've been very... I say the first six months of the lockdown, I did not do anything. I was very uh, wary to get involved with streaming, and then some of my music friends dragged me into it, and I fell in love with it. So I, I also like Rory. I do a regular show where we get five musicians together. We kind of do a round robin. Um, that's on a regular basis, and then as Rory mentioned, we did this benefit to save the bitter end, and we, we did a bunch of those. Um, I, we did about seven or eight different benefits last year that raised money for various uh, various causes. Like over the summer with the riots, we had kind of a, a racial justice benefit that raised money for the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. Um, there's this charitable organization a lot of my musician contacts here in New York work with called A Leg to Stand On, which raises money to invest in prosthetic limbs for children with mobility issues. Um, we did a whole, a whole bunch of those. It, it seems very very natural when live streams were starting. It, it lends itself very well to, uh, you know, raising money for for various things. So we, 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 we both done a lot of that kind of stuff. That's great. No, it's, uh, and so many artists and musicians and athletes have taken the chance to use their platform in this time, which has been so great. So... I, I know there were some disagreements along the way, but you guys came up with a great song. Would you guys collaborate again and work on another song together in the future? Hell no. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we, we've, we've talked about it. I, you know, Rory and I, we each have a full-blown project of our own uh, ind individually that we're both excited to... We're each excited to release in the coming days. So probably... You know, within the next couple of years, we'll, we'll circle around again and do another song together. Well, that's awesome. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for you guys today. If you don't know Rory DeLazno or Phil Robinson, go check them out on Spotify, um, Instagram. Do you want to plug your Instagram handles real quick? Sure. I can be found at Instagram.com slash Rory DeLazno. And I'm at Phil Robinson Music. Awesome. And uh, as they said, um, or as Phil said about Rory, he posts really uh, thought-felt posts. He even promoted today's um, interview, and I, I felt like he was speaking to me directly, so that was, that was very nice. But, yeah, so make sure you check them out. Um, on uh, Their music is great. The Happy happy they just released, um, a really cool single. So make sure you check that out. Um, that's all for me. I'm Taylor here on WLAS 102.9 FM, LP Newton, and we will see you next time. All right, thanks a lot.